Welcome to Love Well on Purpose, a podcast giving you biblical encouragement to love the people around you with intentionality. I'm your host, Rachel Shelb. I'm so glad that you've joined me yet again for this continuation of the Love Well series. We're about halfway through and we are looking today at a woman in the New Testament church. I'm so excited to dig in and see what she can teach us about loving well on purpose. Let's get to it. So today we're going to talk about Lydia, and I've got to confess, I have heard her name. I knew that she was affiliated with the New Testament church, um, and I knew that she sold purple clothes, but that's about the extent of what I knew. But um, a friend suggested that I add Lydia to the Love Well series, and so as I have dug in and looked into a little bit more of of her account in scripture, um, I definitely think that there is so much that we can learn from Loving Well on Purpose from Lydia, and I'm excited to share that with you. So we find the story of Lydia in Acts 16, um, specifically verse 13 through 15, but I'm going to start in verse 12 for us. We'll read it, and then we will kind of dive into the rest of it. So from there, we, which is Paul, Silas, Luke, and Timothy, they were all traveling together right at that point. Um, From there, we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer, and we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart, and she accepted what Paul was saying. She was baptized along with other members of her household, and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. So that's kind of the full picture of what we see. Um, they uh, they finally go and they stay with her. And um, But let's look before we see that she opened up her home, which we know is automatically biblical hospitality, but there's more significance to that. So let's look and see first of why Paul and Timothy um, and Luke and Silas were even in Philippi. So we know that these guys were on missionary journeys. They had gone on these journeys to evangelize, to share about Jesus, to um, continue to, to talk about him even after Jesus had ascended back up to heaven, right? And so um, they are, they're going all over the place and Paul really is comfortable with staying in Asia. He has a heart for that area. He wants to stay there, but God prevents them from going several different places in Asia. Um, and instead, he gives Paul this vision of a man asking um, for someone to come to Macedonia and share the gospel, basically. Um, and so Paul obeys and they go to Philippi, which is a city in the district of Macedonia. So they wind up in Philippi, and it says that on Sabbath, so they were there for a few days, but on Sabbath, um, they go to the riverside. Now, it's interesting that they would go to the riverside because and look for people that were observing Sabbath and praying. Um, it means that there's no synagogue in Philippi. Well, what does that mean? So in order to have a quorum that would validate um, building a synagogue, you had to have at least 10 Jewish men in the area. So what we know is that there were not 10 Jewish men 
In fact, it doesn't mention any men down on on the riverside. Um, it doesn't mention any of them that were there for this prayer gathering. It only mentions that there are women there. I love that God includes this in scripture, that we see this, because I think it's really important um, to recognize that throughout the ages, women have really been influential in pursuing the Lord in leading their households. We see in a few minutes that her whole house, uh, her household is baptized as well. And so she is, she is this matriarch who is leading her household to pursue God. Um, And I think that that's really important to just see is that women are so influential, um, whether they are leading and teaching in in upfront areas or whether they are doing the faithful work in their homes and in their lives without any accolades and without any um, major acknowledgments, right? Women have a huge part to play. Um, In fact, Spurgeon talks as he um, gave a sermon on Lydia. He said, let the women who know the truth proclaim it for why should their influence be lost? Oh, I love that. Let the women who know the truth proclaim it. And so as Lydia is there, she it says that she is um, a seller of purple and she is a worshiper of God, which m- would mean that she was Jewish. Um, so she was pursuing God the best she knew how. She was there on Sabbath observing it, praying with fellow believers, um, doing what she knew to do. And Lydia becomes the first known European convert. So she's originally from Thyatira, um, but she's in Philippi, and she becomes the first known European convert. And then it is very likely that she went and told her family and friends that were still back home in Thyatira. Um, It's also possible others went and evangelized that area. But when you look in Revelation, you see that Thyatira is mentioned as one of the churches in Revelation. So Somewhere along the way, we don't know how, but Thyatira um, had a church established and had followers that were pursuing Jesus. Um, And I can't help but think that Lydia had some sort of a say in that as she told friends and family of what she had encountered and what had happened. But it's significant for a couple of reasons that she's mentioned in here. We've already said that she was the first European convert. That's significant. Um, it's also just significant on the base level that her name is mentioned. Um, at that time, women in culture, not women in Jesus's mindset, but women in culture were not regarded at the same level as men. Um, And so for a woman's name to be mentioned, anytime a woman's name is mentioned, even in passing in scripture is a very significant moment um, because there's a lot that we can pay attention to about the mention of that person and the significance of, of what's happening in that time. Also, her occupation is listed. We see that she is a seller of purple cloth. Um, and at that time, that, um, that color of fabric and that color of material would have been incredibly costly. One of the reasons why purple was so costly is because um, another city was was made famous for it, but Thyatira also um, was known for their purple. To get this purple, you had to harvest these snails or shellfish or um, some sort of the sea creature, right? And you had to 
harvest them and mix them with some chemicals and they basically like uh made the water and the and the liquid turn to purple um and then they used a couple of other chemicals um to interact with the shellfish and it made this bright gorgeous purple color but because of the labor intensiveness to get this purple i mean you think about a snail or a shellfish and how small that is to get large pieces of clothing for royalty capes or those type of things it would have been incredibly expensive and so it's significant that she is the seller of purple um we are not told if there is a husband we are not told if she is a widow we are not told if um what the circumstances are but she is the one that's mentioned. And then it talks about her household, which could have been family members. It could have been servants. It could have been um, a combination. But we see that she is mentioned for her occupation. Um, And we know that she's successful in it because she has a home that's big enough to invite these four guys to come and stay with her and her household. Um, So we know that she is successful in her career, which I think is really important to look at. I think sometimes it's easy to um, look in scripture and to see um, women who are homemakers, women who are um, taking care and raising their children. Um, We see these women who are faithful to their husbands and all of these things. And we, and we applaud that as we should, that is honorable and that is wonderful. And that is a great thing. And I am not in any way minimizing that. But I think sometimes within the church, we can minimize, um, career women. And we can minimize the women who work incredibly hard in their careers and in their businesses. And we see Lydia as this entrepreneur. She is a seller of purple and she is successful in that. And so for her to have become a convert meant that she had a sphere of influence now that she would also be sharing the gospel with. Long after Paul, Silas, Luke, and Timothy are gone, she would still have the sphere sphere of influence to be able to share the good news with others. Um, And I just love that. And so again, you know, that Spurgeon quote, let the women who know the truth proclaim it for why should their influence be lost? And so I want to encourage you just before we go any further is you have influence, whether you are a homemaker, whether you are a businesswoman, whether you are a combination of the two, um, whatever the case may be, you have influence and you and I get to use that influence. Um, we don't want to lose that influence. We want to use it to proclaim the truth. Um, and so be encouraged in that you have influence and you get to use it for God's glory. Um, And so as soon as we see that Lydia has converted, that she has had her ears open to the things that Paul is saying, um, she already loved God as um, as a good Jewish person. She was doing her best to love God. But as her, as the Holy Spirit spoke to her and opened her mind and her heart to understand the full picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ, she accepts what Paul says. And so she is converted to um, Christianity and immediately she is baptized. 
as well as her household. Um, and I think that that's really amazing because there's no hesitancy. Um, that's one of the incredible things to me when I look at the New Testament church is there is not a hesitancy. There is not a wondering whether that really was the Holy Spirit or whether I really do need to make it public or whether any of these things. There was an immediate transformation that was literally death to life. It was apparent to all. And so she is converted. She's she's baptized. And then she immediately opens up her home. She urged Paul, Timothy, Silas, and Luke to stay with her. Um, she basically twisted their arm into it. It says that word urged that we read um, in verse 16 says, or verse 15, um, basically means that like she begged them. She wouldn't let up. She was relentless until they were like, okay, fine. We'll stay with you. That's fine. Um, and I don't know why they were hesitant to do it. I don't know if it was because she was an unmarried woman or, um, a widow or any of those things. I don't know if it was maybe because, uh, Paul didn't really want to stay there. He kind of wanted to move on. I don't know. But, um, for whatever reason, they were hesitant and she insisted on it. Um, and so she, opened up her home. And I can't imagine how incredible that would be to have the wisdom of these men um, available to her um, and that she gets to love on them and ex and lavish love on these men who have just transformed her life. She was already successful. She was already a good Jewish person. She was already doing these things. Um, you know, this isn't some like radical um, conversion experience that we see in other places um, or even in Paul's life, right? This is a fairly calm, normal conversion experience that we, we can relate to, right? Um, but what's not normal is the urgency to which she immediately has changed and she begins to be compelled to lavish love on other people. Um, and I think what we can learn from this, one of the things that we can really take away from this is um, the fact that she jumped at the chance to welcome these women in. I don't know if other women, there were other women there. I don't know if any of the other women offered to have them stay in her, in their homes, but Lydia insisted, she urged, she was um, dedicated and determined to lavish love on these men. She knew they weren't from around there. She knew they needed a place to stay. And so she insisted on that. And I just wonder, do we jump at the chance to support our pastors, our uh, people in ministry around us, our missionaries that we know? Do we jump at the chance to support them, to lavish love on them, to encourage them, to provide them a space where they can be when they are not out in the field evangelizing and ministering to people? Do we lavish love on our local church ministers? Um, are we using our resources to further God's kingdom, right? We know that Lydia was successful. If you're selling purple clothes, you're making money. And so she is successful. She has a large enough home to welcome people in. She is using her resources to further God's kingdom. Because by allowing these men to stay, in Luke, we see um, Jesus had told his disciples, hey, Go where people want you. Don't go where you're not wanted. If somebody says they don't want you around, brush the dirt off and just keep on moving. And so um, she is using her resources to further God's kingdom. She is saying, hey, 
I want you here. I want you to stay in Philippi. I want you to continue to teach. I want other people to come to know Jesus. I want this to happen. Um, Do we use our resources to further God's kingdom? Are we supporting those in ministry who point us to Christ? Um, That is such a necessary thing. Um, I can tell you as we were in ministry for 12 years, um, the, the people that did pour into us and lavish love on us without expecting anything in return, um, those people were few and far between, but so incredibly precious and meaningful to us. Um, some were for seasons, some have been longer, but to just see people who um, lavish love um, on us as we were in ministry, to have friends who um, are missionaries and to see how God has lavished love on them through the obedience of the people around them, um, I can tell you it makes a difference. And so I want to challenge you and encourage you um, to jump at the chance to offer hospitality to your pastor, to the local church leaders um, that are pouring into you. Um, invite them over for dinner and just say, hey, there's no agenda. I'm not looking to ask you any questions or to find out what our next steps are or any of these things. I just want to have you over for dinner and get to know you, the person. Um, Offer to um, bring them a meal. Offer to um, meet them for coffee. Get to know your pastor's wives. Get to know um, the people that are serving in your church. Um, Build those relationships and lavish love on them. Um, Ministry can be a lonely thing. So lavish love, even if you think they are already loved on, what can it hurt to be, have one more person loving on them? Um, pay attention to the missionaries in your area. Get to know um, when there are missionaries that are coming back on furlough and offer up your home if you can. Um, I know growing up at our church, there was a family who was very well off and they had a very large home, um, but they actually had a second home attached to their um, property and they used that for missionaries when missionaries came back so that they would have a place to stay. That's using their resources to further God's kingdom. Not everyone has that, right? But um, you can find out some missionaries that are from your area that are serving elsewhere and pray diligently for them and write notes to them and encourage them. Um, you can contribute to fundraisers for them. You can do all these things. You have resources. Um, even if you don't have financial resources, you have prayer, you have love, you have encouragement, you have the ability to love on and support pastors and missionaries like Lydia did as soon as she received Christ as soon as she was baptized, the next thing she was doing was being hospitable and lavishing love on these guys. And I want us to be women who do the same. And that's my challenge for you today. hope you enjoyed this episode of the Love Well and Purpose podcast. If you did, I would love if you would make sure that you leave a review. Um, leaving a review is incredibly helpful to getting the word out about my podcast and making sure other people know that they can join in. Also, if you'd subscribe, that way you don't miss a single episode. And follow me on social media. I would love to connect with you there. And as well as with my email, I send out a monthly newsletter and I have another one that's coming out soon. So make sure you sign up for my email list so you don't miss anything there. And we will talk to you soon. For now, let's go love well on purpose.